Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's wrong. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my shit together. That's my shit together. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. So that's that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Well, well, big Station Jacks out there now. Eliani and Matt on the board over there. Student Matt, he's doing pretty good, though, what we hear. It's the reports I'm getting. He's a, he's a quick learner, and that was just him telling me to go, so he did that right. That was pretty easy, but he's just starting out. You know, S&P futures up uh, 30, NASDAQ futures up 106. Um, interesting morning. We had a, another down day yesterday. Didn't finish on our lows, but we didn't. We finished pretty low as well, just as a review Kind of getting hard. These days are being down or stringing together. The Dow was down 597. Had been down about 700, so I guess it's a little better. Uh, S&P futures down, or S&Ps were down 67. At one point the futures were down like 80. They came back. It looked like we might be going to pull a rug out of everything, but we did not. NASDAQ down uh, 218. This, again, this is yesterday, not today. Today we're up. Um, so we've had, uh, you know, we've had, you know, this is pretty bad. I mean, we're talking about, 1% moves during the day really without anything in the way. I mean, we're talking, especially the NASDAQ futures are just all over the block. I mean, it's it's almost like there's a whole array of news going by somewhere that people are getting, and it's just, uh, you know, it, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything. Even even the the Gulf War was not, not like this, where there's this constant back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, I mean, uh, we have, I think, the, I think Ukraine is uh, eight hours ahead of us. Which actually should be Eliani. I don't know who's on the mic over there, but isn't uh, the uh, I would think that's almost the same time frame as uh, as uh, uh, where Kuwait was. But I'm not positive. We have Kevin. You do. Hey, bud. How are you? I'm trying to figure out. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing my geography is a little weak, but Ukraine's got to be the same time slot as uh, Iraq, isn't it? Or it's got to be within an hour or so. I don't know. Let's go look at the map. Yeah, but I'm, uh, Ukraine's what uh, eight eight hours ahead of us, right? I'll I'll take your word for it. Yeah, well, I think it's well, London six. That's probably uh, it may be the only thing I'll take your word for. It. Yeah, it's I'll the only time I'll take your word for it, Tom. Well, that's, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll go with it on this one. I know it's not Greenwich Mean Time. It's, it's further east than that. And what Greenwich is six hours away. Why are the Greenwich people so mean anyway? I don't know. It's a uh, I don't think it's the same kind of mean. The uh, some of my friends so trying. They're, they're, they're standard deviants, then, is what well, you're saying. Well, we have our language has uh, as anybody who tries to learn it, including me from the south side. Uh, we seem to have a lot of words that mean several things. Sometimes spelled the same way, sometimes spelled differently, but pronounced the same way. Yes, um, English is a very strange language, especially if you're from the south side. Like, uh, 
a word you're not supposed to say on the radio can mean all kinds of different things. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just saying. Um, go, go sit by the, uh, the bench at a basketball game and listen to the coaches and you'll learn new words. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. What, uh, so I don't, the market is, is trying to, uh, deal with, with the world situation, it's trying to deal with the Fed situation. And, uh, and I listened to the State of the Union last night and, I, I I certainly like the parts that guys we're all Americans here. I mean, somebody has to try and get some people back together. Now, whether that'll work or not, God only knows. But at least the intention uh, in the speech seemed to be there. Now, whether it really is an intention or not, you know, God only knows. But uh, well, what, yeah, whether the actions match up to the words. So, but I just, for I, instance, you, you can't you can't talk about uh, you know supply chains, bring the supply chains back to America, which I I, I salute. Um, but you can't talk about that and then say, but we were going to cut back oil production and stop, uh, and, and, and literally stop by law doing quarterly auctions for leases on federal lands that are required by law, and they just stopped doing them. Uh, they you know, that, among other things that they that, that they done. So you, you can't, you know, you're, you're talking out both sides of the mouth when you do this kind of stuff, though, and that's that's the problem. Is and that was the problem with so much of the speech, is uh, you know the the words were the right words, but the actions it don't match it. Well, and also the, the part that, uh, and, and I and I know I get this uh, reputation of being this like flaming liberal, but I'm, when it comes to money, I don't think anybody. I don't know if you met anybody much more conservative than me, Kevin. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just just the way it is because money just, as they used to say in the, in the, in the trading floor, uh, money talks and BS walks, right? Uh, and I, I think that's kind of where we're at. I, I listen to what the president says, and I, I try. It's, it's like listening to Bernie Sanders sometimes. It sounds good, but it doesn't add up. I, uh, you know, simple stuff like, uh, you know, the. The oil and the gas and those kinds of things. I, I, I think somehow or another, and I, and I, and I, I'm kind of a, I know this is being very Luddite of me, but I, I'm pretty good. I, I like the, the written word a little bit. I, mean, I haven't been writing much lately, but I used to write a column. And, uh, I think the written, what you need to do, Kevin, is put down the principles and kind of where you're heading, and then you let other people around you Figure out the details because they're probably smarter than you on the details. And it's it's. I think I think Ronald Reagan. That was. I'm not a massive fan, but I think that was his number one uh, forte. Well, that that would be, and that would be true of any CEO, uh, and, and frankly, any leader down to the team leader level, um, where that's exactly what you're supposed to do is set the direction, and um, and and to get it started, you may have to be. Uh, uh, a little more hands-on, but as you move through, um, you know, through uh, your team development, you want them doing it. You want to unleash their creativity. You want to let them. You're just the. Uh, um, you're just setting the boundaries. Well, I, I and, the, and the oil and gas stuff. I think not only before we can start telling people in other countries what to do, and telling people here what to do. I think that we need to sit down with, with, with some studies that, uh, aren't all, you know, this is the conclusion right up the study. Like we've seen a lot of during the COVID, uh, on both sides. We need to figure out, okay, exactly where, where are we? What, 
What is the world's population growing at? Why, why is it growing so much? Why, 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 I mean, uh, was, I'm not throwing at you early, and, uh, oh yeah, if she's on the, was, was Malthus right? Remember Malthus? Explain. Uh, Malthus was, was a guy back in the, whatever century he was, that said human beings would never get anywhere because you would always have, you would always grow the population fast enough to where you would always end up at a poverty level. And, and over time, especially in the northern climates, that was proven, well not proven, it was, it was shown to be wrong. Obviously. Well, because it factor, it, it doesn't factor technology. Well, it, it didn't, it didn't factor technology in those areas, and it also didn't factor it as people became more productive, they also seemingly had less kids. Don't know what the connection is there, but whatever it is. Uh, but the rest of the world—they got more productive and less reproductive—is what you're saying. Uh, something along those lines, yeah. Or uh, <laughs> I don't know what the, what the connection is, but uh, but in a lot, an awful lot of parts of the world, I mean, that's not happening. I mean, I, I'm not making policy here. I'm just I'm just observing. I mean, the U.S. is probably the still the fastest growing place. I mean, if you don't count the change from rural to to city in China and how that messes up your count. And the U.S. is probably doing still better than anybody else. And yet our, our population barely grew. And where did the rest of the world grow? 30 million people? Like one year? Or some, some, I thought I read that. You know, it could be wrong. If somebody has the real number, fire it at us, please. But, I mean, we're, we're talking about the, the places that could, can barely support the people they have, seemingly in wars all the time. And at the end of the year, 90 bazillion people get killed. And by the way, you got a million more than you had when you started. So, okay, are, are we going to shut off the rest of the world for any kind of oil usage, any kind of coal usage, any kind of, I mean, are we, what, what are we doing? I mean, what, what can we do here over the next 10 years to find a way without massively, massive disruptions to use either the same amount or preferably a lot less of the coal, oil, and things that we're using? Now, we've made massive strides in terms of automobiles, in terms of everything else. Now the next stride to go from, you know, a, a gas-fired van to gas being burned 80 miles away and flipped over wires and charge up the van, I don't know if you gain anything on that, Kevin. I, I'd like an engineer to tell me. And if you if you well, don't, what uh, are we doing? Yeah, because there's uh, actually Carl's done some interesting work on that, trying to you know run the math on it, and um, it, and it doesn't it doesn't work. You can ask him about it yeah. on Friday. But aside from that. Um, uh, consider this when it comes to electric cars, because the prediction is that 50% of the uh, uh, automotive sales, cars and small trucks, by 2030 is going to be uh, uh, electric. That's that's the uh, prediction in the market. Um, what do you think that's going to do to the power grid? Well, that's that's my point. You're leaving that at the same time we're pulling down uh, all the coal-fired plants. Now, is is there any way? Um, I do recall back in my, I recall, I do recall back in my, my, my days, we used to go to these money shows, Kevin. You ever hear of these things? They're still, still around, I think. I don't think they're as big as they were. But the CBOE used to go to these things and, and talk about options and things like that. And, uh, some, maybe some of the other exchanges would too. And I would go as a, uh, as a speaker for the CBOE and talk about, you know, the, the, the protective use of options and the right use of options and the, those kinds of things. And, uh, 
always ran some pretty interesting people. But in these shows, Kevin, it was a riot. <laughs> Absolute riot. Everything on earth that could, that could separate you from your, from your shekels was, was there. If you wanted to invest in pop machines on a tollway somewhere, those guys were there. If you wanted to do, uh, numismatics, do you even know what a numismatic is? No. Rare coins. Numismatic. There's a, actually a numismatic exchange, they call it. I don't think there is such a place, but they call it member of the numismatic exchange, meaning you're a coin collector. So well, they just call you a coin collector. Well, but no, you, uh, come on, it doesn't sound good. You want to be a member of the numismatic exchange. So you wind around, wind around and I learned a real lot about oil and, oil and gas, um, partially because I was interested, also partially because they had the, they always had the, so we say the most interesting looking, uh, People that go to your, uh, that manning their booths, shall we say. Oh, so you like the booth bimbos, huh? Uh, I, they were not. They were booth ladies. They had a specific job to do. Now, what was that job? It gets you to walk over and talk. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not, see, you're, you're not, you're not a veteran of these things. I'd find, I know I'd find something that you were not good at. You're not a veteran of these things. I was talking to the ladies and they said, I go, so what exactly do you do here other than, like, really look good? <laughs> and it says, oh, no, you have to understand, there's, there's 2,500 people here or 3,000 people here, and my boss here, the people who hire me, they have, they're doing oil and gas investments, and there's probably 200 people here that are even capable of being one of those investors. It's my job to make sure none of the 2,300 other people get through to my boss. He's only got time to talk to the people who are real customers. He goes, She's a screener is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. She goes, uh, you're, because we're talking about what I do. She goes, you're a trader on the trading floor. She goes, you probably are doing okay. You probably got some money, but the last thing you want to do is get involved in something like this. So I'm very happy to talk to you, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not going to schedule you for a half hour. I'm not going to hand you off to that guy over yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not going to hand you off to that guy over there. I'm saying, I get it. I, I get it. She goes, all kinds of people here are interested in oil and gas. will talk you up, but they're not going to be an investor. Investor. So there you have it. Just saying. Um, yeah, I'm usually pretty direct when I'm at, at those kinds of shows. You know, I go up and tell them, hey, I am looking for this. Is that something you can do? Good. Well, tell me about your product, but I'm going to move on. But anyway, uh, the, well, long story don't, long story short, don't tell it. The people who were, were looking for the, the coal investments, it's going back, you know, years, were all the people from South Africa. Cause, cause pe- I think most people forget, and I, you know, it's not something on the tip of my tongue, is that when, when South Africa had apartheid, I think there was a worldwide oil, oil embargo on them, wasn't there? Uh, there was a major embargo on all products. It wasn't just oil. Well, cause, uh, but there's a lot of coal in South Africa. And they did virtually, I won't say virtually all, but a, but a significant percentage of the uh, research into clean coal was done by people in South Africa. So I'm, I'm not convinced that if we put enough money into it, I mean, not ridiculous amounts, that we could, we could find a way to use our coal for power. Now, what the cost would be, you know, I don't know, didn't, wasn't there supposed to be a, uh, a, the thing was actually funded. Wasn't Illinois supposed to have, and Illinois has, for those people who don't know, Illinois sits on probably the biggest chunk of coal than anywhere else in the world. But it's high sulfur. It's a, 
what is it? It's bituminous coal, right? Which high sulfur, soft coal versus the lower sulfur anthracite that gets in Wyoming and those places you see on the unit trains. Anyway, weren't they supposed to build a coal-fired plant in in uh, the in Illinois, and they were supposed to bury the carbon dioxide under underground, where it could be absorbed there and actually grow as plants or something? And then then the thing got stopped. It didn't get built. But there was yeah, no- I, I don't know that story. I know there are some uh, there are clean coal initiatives in Indiana, uh, and it seems to me that Northwest Indiana actually had a small plant up and running. Um, well, they're closing the one in Michigan City. But I don't know how successful it was. It hasn't gotten a lot of uh, um, a lot of uh, publicity lately. So I would imagine it's not a smashing success, or it is, and nobody wants it because they really don't want it. But they don't want a coal plant. Well, the one in Michigan City is closing, and I always thought that was pretty clean. Uh, they use the same principle, I believe. Uh, like Pullman used to know. This is how way back in the day when you painted something, you just painted something. You know, and people breathe the crap, and that's why they probably didn't live to longer than fifty-five or sixty. Uh, but when I was there, there was a the the paint area. Whenever they painted something, Kevin, they would have a they, they put this huge thing up by the ceiling. It was maybe it had to be a hundred feet long. It was longer than a railroad car. Railroad cars, I believe, eighty-five feet, and it was a huge wall of water that came down. And the, on the opposite side of the of the wall of water, where the, you're you're painting whatever the hell you're painting, uh, it looked like a almost an aircraft engine. It might have been like a DC three engine or something. It pulled all the, pulled this all the air through the water waterfall essentially. So any any bits of of paint that were in the air would get caught in the stream of water. And at the end of like the week, you wouldn't believe the big tub of sludge on the bottom that would have been, you know, paint particles in the air. And I think the, the coal plant in Michigan City had the, kind of the same principle. It was right on the lake. Took water from the lake, and I think it would, uh, it was this big, huge waterfall of water if you looked at the cone. And I think it, it dragged the, the ex- exhaust, for lack of a better term, through the water. So I think it, I think it was pretty clean. You know, but I'm saying, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we give up on coal technology. Do you? I mean, we have so much of it. Uh, I don't think we, at this point, we shouldn't be giving up on anything. I, I mean, to me, you, you want to go to the cleanest stuff um, that, that you can do, and, and, and we don't do that, by the way, because we, we're, we as uh, a policy, to, uh, often are anti-natural um, uh, uh, gas, which is a cleaner burn and, and has a lot of, uh, the, you know, cleaner burn than oil and has a lot of great um, uh, applications. But... Um, yeah, we, you know, President Obama used to say this all the time. He talked about the all of the above type of approach. He didn't do all of the above. No, he talked no. about it a lot. And you know, if 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 you want to if you want to envision a world in the future that uh, that has a um, uh, you know that goes that, that's all clean processes, that's all all uh, alternatives, um, then fine. I, I'm all for that. But you have to set a path to it. You can't just start chopping it off. Um, especially, you know, and I go back to that one silly example of the electric cars. Especially because we don't think anything through. No, you know, we just we just say here's here's the new policy. You know, so what are you going to do when the wind's not blowing and you have all these windmills? What are you going to do when you don't have enough sunshine and uh, um, for for an extended period of time and your and your solar is not uh, not effective? You know. Uh, you know what are you going to do in, uh, in in Alaska with solar? You know when, when they they have parts of the year when they just don't have any 
uh, any sunshine. You know, th- these are all, you know, it's not like you can just pour the electricity into a barrel and get it out when you need it. What, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious, somewhere you would hope that behind, behind the, t- behind the scenes there's somebody like thinking, but it, I, I just, I'm not sure that as you seemingly take education back a ways to where people, like, don't want to question stuff or whatever, I, just, I'll pick up two things from, from last night. Well, since we're on the electrical grid piece, so you, you end up putting a, uh, you know, say you decide, you want to have a bunch of windmills in Indiana. By the way, there are a bunch of windmills in Indiana. There's a spot somewhere between here and Purdue where you'll see a whole area. I don't know why that's there's wind in that area, but there must be. There's got to be, what, a couple hundred of them, right, Kevin? Well, all right, so that's 60 miles from Chicago, give or take. Now, Commonwealth Edison, my one of my favorite people to throw, throw bleep at, uh, has their own plants here. Okay, so somebody puts up this wind farm. Now, it would seem to me that the, the most you could get out of the wind farm would be what you'd want to get, correct? Now, to get to Chicago, you'd almost want to, on days when the wind is blowing, you'd almost want to turn off one of your gas plants, right, to, to the best you could, or, or lower it so you'd, be, you'd work off the wind as best you could. Well, there's there's regular electrical lines, and then there's the, what, the high-capacity lines, right? And high-capacity lines cost a lot of dough. Now, who exactly pays? Now, those guys in the end, they, they can access the grid, okay, but they might not be able to access the grid to where there's high-capacity lines all the way to Chicago or northwest Indiana or whichever direction you want to go. Now, who, pay, who pays for that? Now, if the people in, with the windmills have to pay for it all themselves all the way to Chicago, I will bet you that the, uh, that the, uh, it's not worth it for the windmills. At least for the first few years. Now, Camelot Dennis is going to say, "Why would I do that? All you're making me do is turn off my own plant I have right here. Why do I care about those things?" This is more. Actually, there's a there's a whole lot of wind in, in uh, North and South Dakota, and that's one of the biggest issue there. Who pays for those lines to Minnesota, or Minneapolis, to Madison, Chicago? Why should it be the in their mind? Why should it be the the Madison utility? I don't care. I've got my own plants right here. I'm perfectly happy. So I mean, these are all these are all pretty serious questions. And even I get to the other one that kind of struck me last night. It was another Bernie Sanders type of moment. Uh, nobody in this country should pay over twenty percent of their income. I believe he said for childcare. I'm saying, well, wait, 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 wait. We're, we can't count on. I'm not saying you shouldn't help anybody. I mean, I'm all for helping. But we can't count on our population, husband and wife, assuming they're married. Of course, that's a big assumption these days. Uh, go, go with parents. Go, go with parents. Uh, they uh, are, are sitting there now. They're going to have some kids. And one of the two of them is going to be the lead bed, breadwinner. He used to always say it was a guy. Well, now it may not be. could be the, the lady making more money. Well, somebody has to make a determination of whether or not you go to work and hire somebody to take care of your kids or you don't. So, okay, somebody's sitting at home. Let, let's say it's the guy. Uh, gee, I'll, I'll go get a job at, like, uh, like Walmart just to get out of the house because I don't really take care of these crazy kids. And guys, uh, whose idea were there anyway? Uh, now, really, the, the, uh, so, uh, now, any kind of, any kind of decent, I would, you know, not, not being in this business, I'm going to say that any kind of decent child care person, um, is going to be, Kevin, help me out here. Twenty-five grand a year, thirty-five. 
They're going to be there every day? It's got to be, right? Somewhere yeah, in there. I, you know what? I'm so far removed from that time, I couldn't. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Well, let's let's put it this way: if it's um, though, that was that was many childcare was many many years ago. All right, well, fifteen bucks an hour is thirty grand a year. If you're if you're doing seven days a week, eight hours a day, six days a week, five days. Sorry. Okay. Um, so it's, always remember that, Kevin. You remember that from Pullman. There's two thousand eighty hours in the year. They've been a regular year, so twenty bucks is forty grand. Ten bucks is twenty grand. So the uh, so okay, we're going to get somebody in there to, for let's say thirty, fifteen bucks an hour. I don't know how you get much less than that. Um, so now somebody's going to go to work for maybe less than that or the same amount. We're going to give them the other eighty percent to make over to make up the childcare. We would do that. Why exactly? We didn't tell you to have babies in the first place. Well, that's you know that's. But I mean, the math doesn't add up. If it's, if it's, yeah, I know. If I, I, I get what you're saying. If it's fifteen bucks and, an hour, and I'm right with you. Tell your neighbor to bring your economic yeah. decisions. But you know, then I, I, I used to have this conversation with people. Well, we got a baby on the way. I need a raise. <laughs> I didn't tell you I have a baby. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a baby. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I, people's life changes, and and I, we're finding out now with the, uh, you know, the great resignation that a lot of people have been not paid their fair market, but at least they think they haven't paid their fair market value and are changing jobs to get it. But I know, I mean, I mean no, nobody could talk, I don't want to bore everybody, we, we could certainly talk a whole hour one day about my, even my time in the workforce before I you know, became a trader and basically owned the place. Uh, I mean, my time and, and how and how the uh, salaries were done in those days, I hope it's better now, Kevin, but it it really sucked. <laughs> I mean, you made, you, you, made, you were never paid what you were worth. You were paid what you made in your last job, right? Yeah, you were paid what we can get away with paying. You. Yeah, and, and and if you paid more at the last job, you made more. Than, I, I, I walked into Pullman. Two of us were hired in, in one week. And the other guy's name was Mike Hanson, nicest guy. Uh, he worked for Ford. And, and what, the reason why everybody wanted to come out of NBA school, he was a University of Chicago grad as well. The reason why you wanted to come out of, uh, you wanted to go to work for Ford, is because Ford made you work six days a week, and they paid you overtime on Saturday. So you went to Dearborn, Michigan. We had nothing better to do anyway. So you worked on Saturday, and at the end of the year, instead of the twenty grand you were hired for back in the day, you made twenty three. So when you went to your new job, they'd say, "I made twenty three. Well, you can start here at twenty five. So that's the only reason why people basically spent a year or two at Dearborn so they could, they could goose their... Plus, Ford was a good place to work, I mean, uh, in terms of uh, learning stuff. SP Futures up 20, NASDAQ is up 72. Be right back, Stacks and Jackson. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck, get Luckbox. 
at lovebox.magazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding health care reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, Annie's probably looking over him like the fourth grade teacher over there. Hopefully, be, be good over there, Matt. You know she is. Just saying, I just love to throw something at you. I'm not saying she's bad. Just you know, she's she wants you to do the job right. S&P <laughs> futures again up eighteen. Nasdaq is up seventy one. Dow futures up two thirteen. Uh, oil up five fifty one. We've got all kinds of stuff going on here this morning. Uh, as a flip back from yesterday, we got the Dax up eighty eight. It's point six percent. They were down three percent yesterday. So. Got to take this almost days in a row together here. FTSE up 73. That's a full 1%. CAC around up 27.4%. Over in Asia, got the Nikkei. Now, these guys were up yesterday for whatever reason. Now, they're down today. Nikkei down 451. That's 1.7%. Shanghai down 4. Call that flat. Uh, Hang Seng, however, down 417. That's 1.8. So up one day, down the next. It's, it is, a lot of these trading firms, a lot of these big companies that do all the trading and even smaller people, I know for us, this is getting, this is getting fatiguing. It really is. Again, as a way of review yesterday, Dow down 597, 1.8. S&P down 67, 1.5. NASDAQ down 218. That's 1.6%. Bonds. Maybe we were up to 2% on the, on a, on a 10 year a couple of weeks ago. Well, we flew down to 1.7 as the bonds have rallied. We've got, uh, today they're up five, uh, basis points to 1.77. The bond is, uh, 
minus point zero one. Never th- I, it was back up to point three zero. I never thought it would be back below zero again, but it is. Uh, Japan is unchanged at point one five. Oil. This is West Texas up five seventy one one zero nine twelve. Brent up five ninety eight one ten ninety five. Natural gas up eleven cents four sixty eight. Arbob up eleven cents to three twenty. That's a huge move. Um, and I'm getting low in the suburban. I think he's got a forty gallon tank. Forty two. I'm going to fill it up tomorrow, but I guess I better bring the piggy bank, uh, unfortunately. Gold down 17 bucks to 19.26. Not sure why that's going that way. Silver down 38 cents, 25.16. Copper, however, continues to go up 7 cents to 4.67. And uh, last but not least, crypto down 60 bucks, but still 43,922 is at a big run up. This is the uh, Bitcoin. Uh, Matter is ever doing traffic weather sports. Have at it. Somebody. Thank you, Chief. Oh, there you go. Good morning, everyone. It's March 2nd at 6.37 a.m. Last night in the NBA, uh, Arizona beat the Wildcats. Oh, Arizona beat the Wildcats to USC 91-71. USC beats Milwaukee 80-69. Tonight, the Suns are playing the Trailblazers at 9 p.m. This morning in Chicago, it's 36 degrees. Currently, with a high of 52 and a low of 28. Today in Phoenix, 53 degrees currently, but later on, highs of 87 and a low of 53. Traffic later on, eastbound on 290, I-294, South Tri-State Ramp to Austin Boulevard, uh, will be some concurrent traffic. Eastbound on 90, same deal, I-294 South to Lawrence, uh, same deal. Eastbound, 94 Uh, between North Avenue and Canal Port on trap. You were just on that road, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, got it, he's got it. Intermittent, uh, intermittent on westbound 94 uh, from 130th Street to 76. Uh, it picks up around 43rd and goes down to West Division. Northbound on 55, routes 171 to South Damon. There is an accident on uh, uh, right before California exit 289 that is causing some traffic. Back to you, Chief. We have a... Uh the sporting news uh, we haven't even mentioned yet is it looks like Major League Baseball is uh, not there for a while. So I was supposed to get on to a spring training, Kevin, and talk to one of my one of my clients uh, who's ha- helping out with one of the teams of the younger guys, and I was kind of hoping to meet a few people and maybe see a couple games. And uh, uh, I guess I'm out on that, eh? Eh? Uh, I guess you're not going to spring training. The question is, are you going to Phoenix anyway? Well, you know, I, I think these they still are having the. Uh, the rookie camps down there, and I think he might be teaching in one of the rookie camps. So, so I'm going to see. One thing's for sure: I bet I can get a, a hotel and a flight a lot easier. Just saying. Oh yeah, I bet you the rates are down. Well, yeah, maybe I'll go visit my son. Well, I mean, here's my question: uh, as we, as the whole, as the whole world of sports, should we say the the cesspool of sports? Uh, is this? Three years. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to recall. I'm trying to recall. In 2020, I remember the bars shut down on, on St. Patrick's Day, right? So the last time you could go out anywhere was the 16th. Did they have spring training up to the 16th and then cancel it in 2020, or there no? Was there no? Yeah, I, I think they did. If you remember, it was it was like you know the, the dominoes were just falling like crazy then because yeah. Uh, you, you may remember all the uh, basketball tournaments, all, all the conference basketball tournaments. All the teams 
or was it the NCAA? Yeah, no, I guess they got their basketball tournaments. All the teams were at their ter- you know at their sites, and I think the Big East even played a half uh, before they. But uh, you know, one after another said nope, canceled, nope, canceled, um, and uh, and and everybody went home from there. So everything was happening right at about that time. Um, didn't, so didn't I, a couple I games uh, they were in spring at, at the spring training. Didn't site. a couple teams get like they played the first half of the game and then walked off the floor or something? Yeah, that was the uh, Big East tournament, if I remember correctly. Wow, that was in New and, York, and, right? Yeah, the because the, 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 that conference was holding out. You know, they were like the last one. Everybody else had canceled their games, and it, it was all happening that day. You know, it was like yeah. all, all at once. And so they said, hey, well, okay, we better uh, we better pull the plug, too. And they pulled the plug, like, at halftime. Well, I don't know the, all the details of each individual stadium and municipality in Arizona, which I'm somewhat familiar with, but Florida the same way. Um, I know that where the, the, the Cubs were in Mesa, and the, the group that basically uh, took care of the Cubs, for lack of a better term, were the a bunch of retired people from Mesa, and, you know, in part of the city? Uh, they were the aren't they the Ho- the Holcombs? Is that the, the name of the guys, Kevin? Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, Cubs had a nice stadium, Holcomb Park, and uh, down the street was Fitch Field, where the minor leaguers were. And I used to go watch the games there. Well, that, that wasn't good enough, right? So they ended up building this big, huge complex with where the field looks like Wrigley Field and all this other stuff, and more people. I. I think that most of that money comes from those municipalities, Kevin. I mean, the Cubs probably put up some of it, but uh, and you go to the places where, where the, uh, the people I know are from Seattle, right? And I think they're in uh, Peoria, and they share the complex with with somebody. But um, it, it's really something. I mean, there's this beautiful stadium that the teams share. I mean, one's there one day and one is for home games, but then there's like a smaller stadium and like five more diamonds and a massive. Uh, rehab and workout facility indoors for both teams. You know, you walk in and there's a stadium. You look off to the right is one team's stuff and the other one's the other team's stuff. And uh, there's got to be four or five of those plays. Don't the White Sox? They're in they're they're in Glendale, right? And they share with somebody, I think. Uh, there's really no reason to have the big stadium have two of those, right? We don't need one of those for every team for six weeks. You certainly can share there, and then maybe a. A minor league team or start an instructional league will play the rest of the year because they're beautiful spots. But I mean, for those people to not have a, a game for three years, Kevin, I mean, it's, I mean, that, all the, all the bars and restaurants and everybody else and hotels that you, that you, you probably are taxing for these, for these complexes, they're not going to have anybody for three years. It, that's a, that's a reach. Uh, it is a reach. And, and here's the thing is, um, with, with all of this, um, and and this it's showing up in in new ways now. Uh, trying to spend the money, uh, the the government spending the, the money to try and make people whole or partially whole, or you can't be partially whole. You're either whole or you're not. But, uh, but to partially make up for it, uh, whatever they did, and you can forget the forget about the administration of it and the stupid stuff that went on. And just talk about the idea of okay, we're going to step in and and help there. Well, you know what? We couldn't afford that because we were so irresponsible over the decades um, that now, when it came time to actually spend all of that money uh, and it's all deficit spend, 
that uh, you know that we really can't afford it, but we did it anyway. Um, and now, uh, you know, you, you sort of fast forward to uh, uh, you know to today, a couple of years later, and we're in the same boat. Um, we have, uh, you know, we 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 want to we want to sanction Russia, but we can't afford it because we have all the inflation that's resulted from all that extra spending, and uh, and and we've uh, curtailed our oil production, and so we the we are reliant to some extent directly on Russian oil, and uh, and from a world markets point of view, to a, a much greater deal on Russian oil being on the market. So we, we want to sanction everything else, but we can't sanction Russian oil because we can't afford to do it because we've been so damned irresponsible over the decades and, and more so over the last two years. I mean, this is where we are from a, a government standpoint is uh, you, you can argue, you know, you, you can argue all you want about what the budgets have been over the decades, but the fact is that we had no flexibility. We had no rainy day uh, contingency here. And that is um, that. That's just unconscionable. This is why people need to be thrown out of office and taken to the town square, put in stocks, and we can throw vegetables at them. Uh, and you'd be one that weigh a green tomato, not a ripe one, so it actually bonk somebody in the head. I might plunk somebody in the head. Did you see me throw in my heyday? Well, um, I, I would. I would overthrow the stocks. Even a. Uh, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then, they say. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Every once in a while, I'd put one on the money. Uh, there was a reason I was over at first base, is because any other infield position, I was going <laughs> to... The first baseman didn't want me throwing at him. Well, you know, the, the weird part is when you get people, and, and Trump was big on this, but every every, every politician is. Uh, actually, mostly from the right, Kevin, because the, the left never really talks about saving. Uh, they'll give you this long story that if anybody ran their household like the government... Uh, they they couldn't do it right if they did their finances like the government, and and first of all, anybody who really know, knows anything about a household uh, knows that that's total BS, because a lot of years in a household, people des- deficit spent, correct? I mean, if, if you when we're first thing you do if you start having a couple kids other other than changing diapers to make the place smell better, uh, you start saving for. Education, and you start saving for some kind of a rainy day, right? I mean, you don't you don't spend every. I mean, if you get any kind of brains, you don't sell spend everything on a new car. You you put if you make a hundred hours a week, you put fifteen or twenty in the bank, right? So, and then while those two or three or however many you have, one kid go to goes to college. I will bet you that unless you're you know one percenter, every family actually deficit spends those college years. But the point is, you saved up for them. And oh, by the way, when you get older, uh, and maybe somebody gets sick, unfortunately, I'll bet you deficit spend those years. The, the trick is, you're supposed to plan for them, and on a and on the best year where nobody's sick and nobody's paying huge tuition, you're supposed to be developing a surplus. That's that's where we screw up. I mean, when Illinois was, uh, Dr. Jane and I were still on the on the score. I remember one day Jan saying. Um, he said something about the state and blah blah blah. And I said, Jan, these people are a bunch of idiots. And he says, he goes, what do you mean? I said, Jan, it's, is it ever going to get any better than this? This was been clear during the Clinton years when we had a surplus of the federal surplus. I said, is it ever going to get any better than this? He goes, I really don't see how it could. I said, well, okay. Do we have a surplus? He goes, hell no. I said, all right. Do you, do you think someday it's going to be worse and we're going to have a deficit? 
He goes, yeah, I get your point. <laughs> he goes, we should actually be saving some dough this year because it's not going to get any better. It must have been like 1985 or something. And, uh, and goes, yeah, we, we, we shouldn't be, if we're scraping for money now, what's going to happen if, if we actually have a problem? Well, duh, look what's happened. Yeah, and we've seen it. And we've seen, and, and so whether it's, whether it's domestic policy or, um, and, 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 you know, resulting in inflation and everything else that we're dealing with at this point. Uh, so whether it's that or whether it's, uh, you know, foreign policy, we've tied our own hands. We, you know, we're the, we're responsible for ourselves and, you know, we elected them. Um, you know, we, yeah, you know, we don't know what talk you talk about dumb stuff instead of, uh, uh, instead of important stuff during campaigns. But uh, when you say so, we elect them, you know, it's, it's our own fault as citizens. I'm going to, uh, just for a sake of argument, because I like arguing with you. Um, you have you have ensconced yourself in a, in an area where you can still get some stuff done. Uh, I mean, for those that don't know, Kevin lives just north of South Bend, over the Michigan border. So he doesn't. So he can't be called a Hoosier. So what does that make you? Um. I don't know. Uh, you, Something. You can call me Suave and Debonair. Let's go uh, with that. How about Suave and Deboner? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so won't, won't won't say anything about that. Yeah. So, but so Kevin has uh, had some success in local politics, as you, everybody can tell just by listening to him. He's not afraid of working hard at, at changing some government in his area, and uh, from and he's worked from the ground up. Now, when you say we we voted for these people, I'm going to say. Yeah, we did. Except when, when you walk into the, is, is my I'll, I'll use a quote from my mother when Bush was running against Kerry, and she says, "How is it we got three hundred million people in our choices, two C students that laid in the coffin naked, staring up at dead animals?" <laughs> my mom was a pretty bright lady. She goes, "How is this our choice?" I mean, when you got three hundred thirty million people. And they and they they wheel out Trump and Biden as your choice. I guess we voted well, for them. after wheeling out Trump and Clinton first. Yeah, yeah. You know, after I guess we have a choice. Now that's at least better than than my hood in Chicago because my district is my spot is one of these. I don't know if people heard me say this before. Chicago has the oddest, Illinois has the oddest ways of making uh, districts. So the trick is to make a district where there is a power. Group, and then you're supposed to reach into another district of, of so we say, totally different types of demographics, and you, you steal a little bit out of that area because you know they can't really do anything vote wise. There's only like a few hundred of them. Well, so my district is one of those. It's a little feeler in the Lincoln Park, but what the district is basically the West Side, you know. And I and I I wouldn't know any one of these people if they would never walk down my block. I would never go near their block. It's just and it, it's virtually all on a post, Kevin. I mean, there's no election there. I mean, it's the I mean, you know, and, uh, and people talk about everybody's right to vote. Well, I guess it's a good thing, but in my neighborhood, what difference does it make? It makes absolutely zero difference if I walk down the block. I mean, what, we had we had a contested aldermanic election, so I won't I won't say it's totally useless. Uh, I can vote no on most of the judges. I can you know I can do something, but I can't. I mean, I really I'm, I'm not part of. Plus, in Illinois, what your presidential votes useless. The Senate, we, we don't, we have, most of the Senate races are, are I mean, I guess, I guess the governor's race is somewhat contested. But out of, how, out of all the races... I hope I, so this time around. 
Yeah, but out of all the, yeah. all, all the, I mean, is, is this, is it, it, it can't be any different than Russia, really, is it? In many ways, no. No, I mean, it's, uh, so we can't, we can't totally, uh, leave the Ukrainian thing. Uh, I, I, I think that the, uh, I, I don't know why, I mean, I'm happy, sure is happy to see it. Somehow or another, the, the West is a, is a lot different on this one than, is it just, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with people's response on this because I think Putin really overstated his hand. I mean, uh, the move into Crimea was sneaky enough and fast enough and had maybe some, I'm going to say some, legit, some legitimacy, maybe. Uh, and it was happened so fast that people didn't want to ruin their day by thinking about it. Pounding into, into cities where you're, where you're, where you're, you're landing missiles on places and you're killing people. Seemingly without, out of the blue. I don't know. Did he ever think he was going to get away with that without some kind of world opinion? Well, yeah. So, so that's, that's beyond the pale. Um, he, he probably didn't think he'd have to do that. <laughs> Excuse me. Counting on, uh, counting on, uh, uh, very little resistance. Um, and, um, I, you know, I, I think the idea that we, we have, um, European countries kind of rallying uh, around this is is interesting and and different from the, uh, in the past, but I think they're concerned. That, you know, I think there really is a oh oh crap we may be next uh, type of mentality in this, and um, and so I you know I, I think um, there, there's a concern and there's a concern uh, about Putin. One of the things that you know if when when it comes to uh, uh, Flexing the military muscles uh, um, in, in terms of foreign policy, one of the things that really tends to help um, help the cause. It's not; it doesn't help anything, you know, in a productive way. But is to be unpredictable when people have no friggin' idea what you're going to do. Um, you know, I, I think that's I, I think that's what stopped a certain amount of uh, uh, aggression during Trump's time is that people just. They didn't know what to think of him. They didn't know what what he might do, and there was always this threat that he'd be crazy. He never was, you know. And if anything, he was probably more measured in some ways than than other people. I remember him calling off an attack because it was going to get too many civilians. That uh, um, you know, and, and so he canceled it with you know with the um, um, with the uh, um, planes in the air. So um, you know, I, I I think there's uh, you know we see the same thing with Kim Jong Un is. You know, it, it isn't that uh, people can't beat him. That, uh, but I think they're afraid that uh, that this guy's so unpredictable that we don't know what he's going to do next, and that's the threat that he poses, not that he can't be defeated. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's what you run into, and that's what people are seeing now in Putin is they he, he's gotten himself into that unpredictable category. They don't know what he might do. And the fear of what he might do is uh, is greater in, uh, in the Europeans' eyes than anything he's doing now. Well, I think the Europeans, uh, they if I don't right now, I don't think they feel that they have to. Uh, well, they're going to support Ukraine, but they're not a member of NATO, so there's no was it Article Five or whatever. But right, they don't have they don't have a, a legal obligation to do. But it. they clearly do in, in Poland, and I'm not so sure about uh, the Balkan states. It's more of a loo question, but I think they feel that it's... Yeah, so, uh, there, there are some uh, other 
former Soviet Union uh, uh, countries. And yeah, I think that's that's a big part of the concern is will it will he go to, will he try to re- reclaim uh, Soviet satellites? Which and, if uh, it happens to be a member uh, and, of NATO, and that and that will yeah. force their hand on NATO, and it's either going to mean we won't have a NATO or NATO's going to be responding to them. And you know, are, are, are we at that point into World War Three? Well, and you also just from a, from a from an economic standpoint, I mean, the, the first time we talked about this had to be what six weeks ago when he started doing this stuff, and I asked both mostly Lou because Lou was a part of the world pretty well, being a, a JAG officer in in, in uh, Moscow and and speaking fluent Russian. I said, if you could, if you could put up on a, a chalkboard talking about showing my age. What exactly the pluses and minuses are economically for for Putin? Where where would they come out? I mean, Ukraine has does a lot of wheat. Uh, they have some other stuff there. They're kind of the breadbasket of Europe. They've been talked about for a while. Now, just trading with them versus going in and having some kind of an occupation where you you know all of a sudden the production is going to go down and you're constantly have people there and people taking pot shots at you. I mean, if, you know, if it turns into some kind of guerrilla warfare. I mean, I, I, I never, I never, kind of, I never understood the economic justification of it. I mean, in terms of, it's not like you know they've got oil, we need oil, we're going to go take it type of thing. Uh, but so now he's there, and 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 he he clearly has to pay these guys. He seems to be the logistics of it, from what I from what I read, and I'm not the expert on this, but um, they clearly didn't didn't plan for this tough of a deal in terms of. Bullets, gasoline, all the other stuff that goes with. And if you ever want to read a, uh, a pretty serious book about, you know, running wars, uh, you know, read, uh, George Marshall, Soldier and Statesman. Because George Marshall was the absolute master of if, if I'm sending somebody into battle, he's going to be the most well equipped he can with the best chance of coming out of there that I could possibly do. You know, you can't change rule number one, as they used to say in MASH. Young men die, but everybody went with his with ten times as many bullets as the Japanese or Germans had, ten times as many grenades, ten times as many pieces of toilet paper. You name it, our guys were were always. And logistics is really what, unless you can take over a place in a day or two, right? Kevin, logistics wins wars. And now this dude is in another country, and he's running out of gas, and he's he's actually forced to do stuff that he didn't want to do. Now does this make him even more crazed and more dangerous, or does he back off and? Take a couple of their states and then leave. I mean, I, well, and I that's know. what I mean is by the unpredictability. We don't, we don't know. Does is the irrational actor who's going to, uh, um, you know, curtail activities, uh, or, or is is gonna, just going to just even going to slow down, or is he just going to go push all the chips to the middle of the table? Uh, and what, what about the we, people around? I, him? I think that that concern is is legit. You know, which, which way is he going to play? He's not going to moderate much. Um, because he's, you know, but is there a face-saving way for him to get out of this mess? Well, plus the guys around him that became richer than God by just being around him now are seeing their stuff getting taken away. They owe him a lot, but how much do they owe him? Yeah, and you know what he would have gotten away with? What he would have gotten away with is those those two regions yeah. that declared themselves independent, and then he recognized them and rolled in there. If he had stopped there, he would have gotten away with it. Well, sure, I think he would have. Kevin, thank you very much. Talk to you on Friday. SB Futures up 24, and SB Futures up 80. Come back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. We'll really talk about the economics of this and the, the money supply and all the other stuff that's happening. We'll be right back. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 21. NASDAQ Futures up 71. This is after a big down move yesterday. And we had this in this day and the State of the Union speech, which is, uh, and interesting. Uh, and, uh, we have Mr. Russell. What's up? What's up, man? Did happy, you listen? Happy Wednesday. Um, I, if you ever watch that part of the interruption where they, they have somebody that comes on at the end and does little corrections? Um, actually, I did watch Probably that. Probably not, because. Well, so so when I listen to you and Kevin, I feel like I have to come on and 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 like uh, make little corrections. Uh, Kevin lives in the area that would be referred to as Michiana, the Michigan Indiana area. As a resident of Michigan, he is a Michigander. Ah, I learned something new. Well, that's a interesting uh, thing you got going there. What? There you uh, go. <laughs> what? Uh, and what did you make? Did you uh, did you manage to stay awake during the speech? I did not. <laughs> but I don't feel like I missed much of anything. I didn't really think I would miss much of anything. Well, it, uh, I, I just, on that side of the aisle, and again, I, everybody knows I have been, uh, up until not that long ago, I guess, been a lifelong Democrat until finally I, I, I jettisoned, uh, kind of any party, party part, starting, I'm in the middle hoping for a, a third party that doesn't, the guy's name doesn't begin with a T. Uh, Why can't you become a libertarian with me? I'll give you a bumper sticker. I've, 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 I've voted libertarian twice, but they don't. What do they? They don't do anything. They don't, 
the, I mean, it's it's a non-vote. I, I'd like it to be a real vote. It's like not a non-vote. It's well, to it me, is, it is. It's not a non-vote. If you can, if you, if if we can get, and we'll go through this again in about three years, if we can get over five percent of the national vote, it, it, it's like a game changer as far as the dollars go. And the reason why you don't, you know, is because so. the, the 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 person you put in there is usually, you know, not electable. I mean, I, I think well, she she was she was absolutely. It, if they would give her, if they had given Joe Jorgensen one shot at the debate with those other two guys, she would have looked, she would have looked presidential between those two. Well, so would your pet Airedale. Which, so I know, so would have, you know, so would have my my fifteen year old. Yeah, he's probably driving around right now, or just spit milk out her nose when I said that. God, um, I mean, <laughs> we we need. I, I actually, well, everybody knows this. The the thought of somebody blowing his way in from the outside like Trump did has been a dream of mine forever. Just anybody, just anybody but him. That's and, and I hope that was a uh, a political game changer. I really did, but uh, I feel like that that was squandered. Uh, you know, when and we had the guy that used to run Starbucks that started stepping in, and and he got so harassed when he went and made a couple of speeches. He was like. I don't need this. Yeah, and I think that's I, and I think that's the way things are are with everybody that that's worth a damn in the U.S. that we would love to see running for president. I don't want to see Elon Musk up there. Oh, by the way, he's all pissed off. Well, but there's there are probably you know hundreds of former CEOs that I think would do a better job as president of the United States or current CEOs. That would do a better job as president of the United States than anybody we've elected in the majority of my lifetime. I don't know if we even need to go to CEO. There's probably some people that are retired yeah. colonels that have work experience that may have run their own business. They might have done all kinds of stuff and actually been known to read a book without pictures. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, hell, I think Kevin would be a great president. He'd have to have us with him. Having to having well, I I will only support him. If I get my dream job, which is Secretary of the Treasury, Russell, you should run for president. Yeah, only I said. No, I'm not. No, 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 I've I've run for office. I held office, and I will never do it again. <laughs> so, so if I was I've president, say, say for I, instance, I did. I, I was on a school board, and it was the biggest waste of my time ever. That sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, it, it, and it didn't even pay anything. That's some bull. <laughs> All right, so let's and say it, I was it, president. It, it, You'd have to. I'd have to get your McDonald's breakfast every morning for you to come meet with me. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Somebody would probably go get it for me. I'm sure they would. There's a lot of gophers. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know how much it is for me to get my my McDonald's breakfast via DoorDash. I don't even want to know. Oh yeah, that's expensive. It's like, as it's hell. like fifteen bucks. There's like a processing fee and then a delivery fee and then oh, tip. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, it's that, like you're paying fifteen twenty bucks for a McMuffin. It was it was five bucks. It worked its way up to about eight. And now when I'm too lazy to get in the car and go, yeah. Um, it's it's running me about fifteen now. Yeah, you know they, they would always bring McDonald's in for for Trump. Hell yeah! What makes you so think of that? Let me be, if you let me be Secretary of the Treasury and I get comped McDonald's, I'm there. Well, what if what if you send somebody out for White Castle? How do you know the dude isn't ordering double pickles? Why do you do that to me? Well, you I mean, did that to me two weeks ago, and then I was like, you know, Jones and Jones and Jones, and in that line at White Castle at ten a.m. Well, you know, if you had somebody, I'm not going to mention any names, like Eliani, she's going to order. Hey. She's going to order like double pickles. 
Yeah. Then she's gonna then she's gonna pluck one of the pickles off all your hamburgers. Then you don't you'll never know. This is called slander. <laughs> Expect a lawsuit, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she doesn't like pickles. Just remember, just remember if you also, made, I don't eat White Castle. Why not? Because that, ew, that says a lot. Ew, they're, they're the best. What? Ew, that's the best, man. Ugh, you guys, especially suck. especially at three in the morning, they are the best. <laughs> nasty, you're nasty. You like? Just remember, if you make White Castle dressing, uh. make sure you don't get the pickles. You know, you don't want the pickles in the dressing. Jesus Christ! You ever had White Castle um, dressing? Well, luckily, I've lost my White Castle age now. Thank God. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, um, they, we're, we're talking about the. I want to talk a little bit about the speech, and again, the idea that that the dude wants you know people to to be able to talk to each other. I think that's why he got elected, uh, and he's he's. I think he's making some moves in that direction. So I really applaud all that. I don't mean he. he I mean from his speeches, he's not Mister Divisive. Now his actions, he could very well be, uh, but his speeches, he's not. So at least he. He, does, he doesn't come off spewing hatred. Uh, he does not do that. But I, I am, I'm kind of perplexed, uh, Russell, as somebody who, he's older than me, right, by a ways. Mm-hmm. How is it that, that I re- remember almost like it was yesterday, maybe because I was part of it with my job at Pullman, I remember the last inflation from, not from the beginning then, I was young in the beginning, uh, pretty much from beginning to end, I can, I can almost rattle off the mistakes made by Volcker, the good stuff, where the mistakes were made, because I studied it for 10 years after that. How is it that this guy is a president and he is clueless? He thinks if he can somehow get pres- prescription drugs down, which of course he can't because every president in my lifetime has said that and all they do is go up. Why do people, why do these idiots keep stay, saying that? When they when they have no power to do it and have never they've never bumped a, a, a drug back a dime and and any president that I can think of, and yet he 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 actually thinks that that's the cause of inflation and that I just they just came out with the money supply numbers for January like a month late and that's all we get we're still pushing thirteen and a half percent annual growth I don't I don't care what you do you could you could put the the guys from the the, uh, the the um, you know Pfizer in jail and maybe they deserve to be I don't know you could put them in jail it doesn't matter you're you're pouring money into the system like there's a spigot how does how does the man not know that Russell um <clears throat> well first off he probably didn't know it because he he never worked a real job in his life uh, and probably never really had to deal too much with inflation even though it, it, it covered him during his lifetime but I think. It's one of two things, and both of them are not good. Uh, one, he knows it, and he's trying to spin it and blame other people instead of blaming the government. Um, or two, he just doesn't know it. Well, why? Why aren't we getting in, in this day and age? I mean, you're, you're not you're, you're younger. Why are we not getting huh? the oh god, the Tribune, the Wall Street Journal? Why aren't we getting an editorial? A week saying, "You morons, you're doing it." Why, why can't anybody tell the truth? Uh, it's too difficult for the average person to understand, and they wouldn't click on an article about that. Uh, maybe the word "click on" is the, is the key thing. There is it. Uh, that, you, that's where. That's kind of where I was going. With if that. you read, if you exactly. actually read the paper, you um, might say, "What is this?" And actually read. I mean, nobody. There's not anybody. There's no. You know, Nobel Prize winning guy. There's nobody. The only guy who, 
once in a while will say something that when you have a general increase in the monetary base as much as you have, that's what you get. The only guy who says something is the guy who's Bullard, the guy from the uh, St. Louis Fed. Nobody pays any attention to him. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't... You, you wonder what... Do they really... I, I mean... Go ahead. I, I mean, I, I, I explain in class, I go, when you got a lot more... I mean, we... <clears throat> uh, we, we deviated into conversations about the currency and what was going on with the ruble, and you know, and, and you know, one kid said, "Well, you know, I could have, uh, if I lived in Russia and I was smart, I could have exchanged everything for dollars, and now I could exchange it back, and I would have had, I could have taken seventy rubles and turned it into a hundred and five. I think that's what we came up with for each dollar, um, or something like that." And I go, "Yeah, but." With the war going on and everything, don't you think that what what you could buy with seventy rubles a week ago, you can now buy with one hundred and five? You know that that you're losing all of your purchasing power. And, if, and you know the exact same. And I deviated into a conversation about what we're talking about right now. I said, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but the amount of dollars that have been created over the last three years is incredible. And but the amount of stuff that you can buy with those dollars has not kept up, and in fact, it may have slipped a bit just because um, health concerns impacted the supply chain. I don't think the supply chain is the primary primary driver. You don't think that either. No, by the way, uh, it was... Most there. professionals don't think that, but trying to explain to the average American um, what the Fed was doing to make them remain, or what the government was doing, because it's broad, it's not just the Fed... Um, what the government did to kind of allow us to somewhat maintain our lifestyles through this pandemic thing uh, has some long-term negative impact. And now that the pandemic, apparently it's just over, uh, even though I think the numbers are just as bad as they've always been. Uh, but now that the pandemic is over, uh, you know, everything should immediately shift back to normal, and it's not doing it. Who do you who, who do you point the finger at if you don't want to take any of the blame? Well, you point the finger at the people that sell you stuff. Those greedy companies are raising yeah, well, their prices. Well, the last time it was they're, easy. Re- they're raising their prices because the costs are are being are, are rising. Last time it was easy. It was the dirty Europe's, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have a question well, for now, you. Well, uh, now, I, you know, now we've got a we've got a new thing to point a finger at. Um, supply just, chain. Just watch. And one of the big banks for the next CPI is using an eight handle. Can you eight percent for the next number, the next one that comes out? I know it's not today, but I will guarantee you. And, and I'll be whoa, on the whoa, air okay. With stop, you stop, 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 stop. Number stop. on Wednesday. All right, wait, wait. I'll wait, be wait. on the air with you. Okay, well, stop, and stop, stop, stop. Are we talking? Like, the new vernacular where we're talking the 8% year-over-year number. Or yeah, what? the year-over-year. Okay, well, the, the number yeah. used to be, in, in my day, but you would, the number would be, if the number came out, this, this, is, this is actually pretty important. Not that the other stuff we're talking about isn't. This is pretty important. The, 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 the way you used to give out the CPI number is if it came out 0.8% that month, okay, you, mm-hmm. you, you, that, that number, you would multiply it by 12, and that would be your yearly number. So if, if you would say, uh, I mean, if, in other words, if it, if it comes out at a full 1% this month, say for instance, that, wow. will, that will certainly put 
the year-over-year number in the eight range, like you're talking about. Okay, so you can look yeah. at it, you can look at it that way, and you can say the number is eight, or you can look at it like I would say the more accurate way is saying one times twelve is twelve. This month it's twelve because you what you're going to get is an amazing lagging number, which you know, careful what you what you wish for because the day the day comes when we defeat inflation, which I hope the day does come, you're going to be sad, you're going to be saddled with this lagging number. You don't want it. You don't want this like next month to be zero and say your year over year is still seven. You want to tout the fact mm-hmm. that this month, you know, what I'm saying this this month is yeah. zero. There's a big difference in the way now people are, and now I'm, I'm surprised that even a, a profe- I know you've noticed the difference in the way they're talking about this. Oh yeah, that's and that's where I was. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going with how it's going to be framed. Um, I have a question for um, you. Uh, uh, who's ever on the, on the headphones over there? Uh, close your ears. Was, was the kid who asked you that question? Was he Hispanic? Was he a what? Was he Hispanic? Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I thought, honest to God, I thought you said, was he ecstatic? No. Reason why I asked I this, There's a reason for uh, asking this no, question. No, no, I don't think so. The reason why I asked this question is way back in the day, we had a group of people that were tied with, uh, PTI. Well, they still, well, we're still, still friends, but they used to do a lot of work in Mexico. And my, uh, brother, we had a lot mm-hmm. of clients from Mexico, and, uh, my brother used to get on there all the time with Dr. J. And, uh, we had a, a seminar up here where it had to be 15, 20 pretty high end people from the Mexican government came up and had a seminar, right? We taught them about options because they were, they were looking to do an options exchange in Mexico. And I think the CBO, mm-hmm. CBOE was helping them and, and they said, you should, you should go to these guys seminar. You can actually learn something about them. So we spent a week with these guys. I say we, we weren't the seminar firm, but we helped out. And, uh, and of course, on Friday night, we head up to the Excelsior, and we're having some adult beverages. And one of the one of the older guys, one of the main guys, he's sitting there, and I go, it happened to be one of the weeks, this is back when, they said it'd be, what, the early 90s, Russell, when the Mexicans would, would devalue the peso every now and then. And uh, so it just happened, like, the day before. And I said, I kind of really felt bad about, you know, you guys, the peso being devalued and, uh, you know, the average person down there, you know, losing money on this. Uh, guy goes, what do you feel bad for? And I go, well, because the average Mexican who had <laughs> X number of wealth now has 10% less. Yeah, but we're not the average Mexican. <laughs> I, go, I, I'm yeah. sorry, I go, what do you mean? He goes, we all knew it was coming. We, t- we took our money offshore the night before, put it in dollars, now brought it back. Now we're 10% richer than the guy next door. It's a great deal. <laughs> I'm Oh no! You 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 told me that one before, and it's astounding. I actually, like, yeah, I actually explained that there were probably really smart people in Russia that did the exact same thing. I think it was harder for them. I I, I think it was. Harder. I'm sure, uh, well, I think maybe what where if you had a little bit of foresight uh, a week or so in advance, you might have converted over to dollars. But now converting it back might be very difficult. Well, Russell, you know more about the, the yeah. banking system than I do. What exactly, if you were somebody, I'm not saying one of Putin's gang, but if you were, if you were a, a regular shop owner or whatever, somebody in, in Russia that, I mean, you're not a 10%er, say you're a, a 25%er, if you had any investments overseas at all or even a bank account in Germany or someplace, and maybe you actually traveled back and forth, 
what what exactly has happened to you? What what can what what can you do and not do? Do you have any idea? Wait, you mean if you're if you're a Russian? Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. well, odds are, I mean, there are no flights, so you can't really travel back and forth. Um, and I try and I tried to look into that a little bit yesterday, and I tried to pull up the uh, the website for the main Moscow airport, and it was down. So okay. <laughs> these hackers had gotten into it. But um, as far as capital goes and everything, I think you you know, you have all your money in Cyprus. Okay, that's really what all the oligarchs do. Is they have they kind of like you know, uh, you know if, we, if we're trying to hide stuff, I think the Cayman Islands used to be a place for for people in the United States. I mean, all the really wealthy guys. That, that's why Cyprus Cyprus had some banking issues a while back, and everybody initially the the reaction was. So what? And then, and then there was like, hold on a second. All the all these Russian guys have all their money in Cyprus. But just so, if, I'm not going to say that. The high, the high, high end places, the high, high end people. Um, it, it just real, like you said, with respect to switching, if you're in Mexico, switching dollars and switching back. I mean, they, they're all mostly insulated from this stuff. And uh, yeah, one time when we imposed a bunch of sanctions on some of the big wigs over in Russia. One guy said, I could care less. I don't have any money in U.S. banks. And I don't think any of them have money in banks in countries where they, they would be concerned that somebody's going to come after their money. So the, the actions that we're taking, like every action like this, isn't hitting the high-end folks. It's only hitting the, um, it, it's hitting the average people. And... I, I hate to say it this way, but my hope is it hits the average people enough in Russia that they rise up and do something about the government they have. Well, right they, now. They, they, that's they don't the have only that. Out, way out I can see. For they don't have that kind of. I mean, but no, but I just, I guess I'll try my my question one more. If you if you're not one of those people and you're just you're just a regular mope that actually imports and exports stuff to Germany, so you got a bank in uh, in Frankfurt and you got a bank in in Moscow. Now, are, is your stuff mm-hmm. frozen in Frankfurt? You can't get it. Uh, very possibly could be. So you're right; it is affecting. And if they and if they, and if they shut down the SWIFT system, it becomes much more difficult. You know, if you if you've been shut out of the SWIFT system, it becomes much, much, much more difficult to transfer money back and forth. I mean, you just can't. If you if you're shut I mean, out, you can, but but it's a bigger workaround. If you shut if you're shut out of the SWIFT system, first of all, you. When, when I stop talking, you can explain what that is. But how how does how, how do you you shut out except for oil and gas? How do you make an exception? Um, I don't know that part. I don't know. Other than I just making I'm making an assumption that uh, you know, there's some that they're allowing allowing a workaround if it's for oil and gas. Although, if for oil and gas, they you know they probably would take a check. They definitely like when we when when we uh, unfroze assets to Iran, who was shut out of the Swiss system. We just sent a big plane with with crates of currency. Well, as much as I'm not a, a Putin fan, <laughs> uh, the last thing I mean, I, I don't know how you can not 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 shut off the pipeline. How you can you can keep buying stuff and just say, oh, by the way, I don't have the ability to pay you. I don't know how long that lasts. Well, I you know I. I'm not really sure how much. I just I'm not really sure how much of a big deal it would be if if 
everybody stopped buying energy out of Russia, period. Well, I and think just cut it off. Well, it was, uh, uh, well if, it's, if the weather turned 60 degrees in Germany, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. Well, and and that, that's part of where I'm going with it, was if, if, if Putin were the evil genius that we all like to think that he is, and I, I, I'm, I'm doubting it. I used to think he was, he was the end-all, be-all, like the guy you wanted on your side, and I don't know about that anymore. Um, if he was really an evil genius, he would have done this, like, I don't know, November 2nd. Just before the wintertime in Europe, where they re- that, it, it, there are a few months of each year where Europe is really dependent on Russia, and we're at the end of that window. Um, yeah. Because, and, you know, I, I, are we rooting for global warming now so they can become less dependent on Russia? I don't know. It's a... Because that's a... And uh, do, do you know how I, I, I've been looking into what we actually buy out of Russia other than energy? Um, the, uh, the the dollar amount of, of vodka purchase that comes directly out of Russia in the U.S., it's a little over $18 million a year. It's nothing. Well, that's because Stoli is the biggest Russian vacuum. Is it, is it made? It, it was it has been made in Russia in 75 years. Is it made in Russia? I know. Again? It's not so, you know, so who cares about that? Now, there's, there's nothing that, there's honest to God, if you really start thinking about it, <clears throat> we don't need anything from Russia. I thought there was some stuff we, we did. Right? I thought there was some. We, uh, you know, when, when I was, in, and, and we, we talked a lot about this in my classes the past couple of days. When I was in college, we didn't deal with Russia. You know, I mean, they, they were just, a, they, they were behind an iron curtain. You know, we, we didn't have, we, we did very little business with Russia. Well, and we don't know. We might even have got they've, opened up, they've opened up, and they've they've become an, a free market economy that is smaller than Italy. Yeah. Do you think we can live without doing business with Italy? Well, they used to do. Uh, if, if you back when asbestos was a big thing, other than a bad thing, mm-hmm. they 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 uh, they used to. Isn't that where all the asbestos was mined? All the what? Asbestos and talcum and those kinds of things. There's there's individual things that only Russia has. Are you, now, okay. I mean, back I mean, I, I, I'm not listening, but that was a uh, that's what Arm and Hammer made a lot of money in Russia by asbestos mines. Okay. Back before asbestos was was known to be bad for you. Back when it was a good thing, you know, when you yeah. when the, more, the more asbestos you put in a building, the less chance you had a fire. Uh, now, not so much. <laughs> well, I mean, am I right? You know, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I'm talking about an interesting aside. You know that that ship we still can't do anything with, uh, the uh, SS United States. It still sits in Philadelphia. If you ever in Philadelphia, you see this huge ship with three stacks. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the former ocean liner. It still has the record of crossing the Atlantic in the fastest time. But that thing had the guy who uh, the guy who designed it. Um, in, in a lot of ways, I don't know if he did the engines or anything else, but the guy who designed it. Uh, so, somehow or another, Russell, he was he was hooked into hooked into what about a stupid term. He somehow had something to do with a fire on a ship, and was absolutely crazed about because uh, one of the biggest dangers of, of ships is uh, you know fires, and uh, was absolutely crazed about this thing being as fireproof as possible. And the thing had more asbestos in it than like you could shake a stick at. Oh and, and you know the only thing wooden in the entire pl- in the entire ship, the only thing wooden, from what I understand, where was was the was the piano. Oh wow! Speaking of which, 
I'd have thought you'd have been very miffed this morning and almost in tears. About? The ship with your Bentley on it. Oh, sinking. the ship with the Porsches. And the, Bentley, and the Bentleys and the Mercedeses. I, I'm sitting there. One of those cars had to be Well, no. It's the, it's the Porsches that I'm most concerned about. Oh, the, so the wife's Bentley, you don't care about that? I don't care about the wife's Bentley. I care about the uh, 15-year-old who I'm buying a Porsche for for her 16th birthday. Um, I'm very upset about that. Now, you know, if, if you're actually buying a Porsche, I have a feeling you're getting the Porsche. Is it middle? No. Is a midlife no, crisis car? No, I have an I have an agreement with my daughters, and they, they get a car when they turn sixteen, and that, that's what they want. A Porsche? Yeah. And you're buying a hundred thousand dollar Porsche for your daughter? No, I'm not buying a hundred thousand dollar Porsche. I'm buying one of those little SUV ones. Oh. So. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're very fixated on that, especially the sixteen year old. She's like, uh, is this going to mess things up for me? Driving a and Porsche? You consider it a Jeep. <laughs> consider it a Chevy. No, I'm not. Can't be right. Can't uh, be right. My, uh, my, 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 my oldest boyfriend's family has nicknamed her Porsche Girl. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope the son wants something. So, yeah, I'm, I'm freaking heartbroken, but not just that. There's, there's a lack of supply on something that I've got to demand at some point in the future, in the near future. Plus, they just sank so, a whole ship. How do you know that the, the Porsches on there weren't the little SUV? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they weren't. There was, <laughs> I, there was one guy that, that was interviewed that had a custom-built one that was on, on that thing, uh, on that oh, uh, boat coming over, and he'd ordered one that was like a plum purple color. And I think I think the fire and, and then the ship sinking saved him from himself. I think he needs a salvage company. SB Futures up seventeen. <laughs> SA Futures up forty six. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single-family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Board one page stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Allen. We're on the board. SP futures up 15. Nasdaq futures up 42. A couple pieces of news here. Uh, Paul says even though uh, highly uncertain times are because of the Ukraine, he's still. Says it's a likely appropriate, whatever that means, to raise rates at the next meeting. So we got that going for us. We also Yay. had four hundred seventy-five thousand people. Uh, ADP says were hired last month, and we asked Russell why the ADP numbers uh, don't ever really seem to match the other numbers, at least rarely. Uh, Dow futures are up one forty-six. We got the European DAX up fifteen now, barely up. If we get hammered yesterday, FTSE down up forty-nine point seven percent. Uh, CAC around up 16.2%, so a slight bounce. Asia, no bounce. Uh, yesterday they were up over there. Today, not so. DK down 451, that's 1.7%. Shanghai only down, I'm sorry, they're down 451. Shanghai down 4, I call that up flat. Hang Seng over not flat. Down 417, that's 1.84. So wave review, yesterday Dow was down 597, S&P down 67, NASDAQ down 218, so whack whack yesterday. Uh, bonds. We're up uh, seven basis points to 1.78. Still a far cry from the two we had. Uh, Bond is like exactly zero after being positive 0.28. Japan positive one, uh, 0.13. Oil, the big news this morning, up 8.58 now. It's a, it's 8%. 111.99. I should have filled up yesterday. This, uh, Brent ups eight bucks, 113.65. Natural gas up 17. I've never seen a move like this. 474. Uh, well, no, they've seen, I'm talking about the Arbob up 19 cents, 328. So I gotta believe anything under four bucks now. Fill up the trunk, fill up the back seat, fill up everything. Uh, gold, down 16 bucks, 1927. Silver down 38 cents, 2516. Copper, however, up 8 cents, 468. And Bitcoin is, uh, down 417, but still 43,565, way up from a few days ago. Eliani, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Thanks so much, Chief. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Currently 7.35 a.m. on March 2nd. Let's start with sports. Uh, we have nothing to report from the NBA for our Chicago and Phoenix teams, but uh, Phoenix Suns will be playing Trailblazers tonight at 9 o'clock. In college basketball, Arizona Wildcat beat USC 91-71, and UIC beat uh, Milwaukee uh, 80-69 to weather this morning. Uh, we have some sunshine in Chicago, but we still have some clouds. Currently 37 with a high of 53 and a low of 28. 
In Phoenix, currently absolutely sunny with a high of 87 and a low of 53. Moving on to traffic this morning, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 all the way to downtown approaching the 290 I-94 construction intersect. So be mindful of that mayhem. Uh, Traffic westbound on 290 between Independence and 9th. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 North Tri-State Ramp and Lawrence. Traffic westbound on I-90 between Lawrence and West Higgins. Traffic eastbound on I-94 between Tui and South Union. Traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and West Addison. That's a huge stretch of traffic, so be mindful of that coming into work this morning. Traffic westbound on uh, I-55 between Route 171 and South Kesley, partially due to an accident just before the California exit 289, so be mindful of that. And some light traffic southbound on I-55 between South Damon and South Pulaski. And that is all I have for you, Chief. Well, we have the economic uh, calendar here. Uh, today we have the ADP, the ADP report. 475 was supposed to be 400. Last month was 509. We have Fed uh, Chairman Powell testifies at a House committee today at, at uh, 9 o'clock Chicago time. We have the Beige Book this afternoon. Um, tomorrow, uh, kind of not much, but then Friday we have the uh, we have Powell talking to the Senate committee, and then on Friday we have the uh, the payrolls, which as of now. Are supposed to be 440 last month. They were 467. Um, so we'll see how that that plays out. Russell, why do you uh, why do you think that there's sometimes well, sometimes there's a big discrepancy at the in the federal level between the the uh, the establishment survey is what is the number you get if you watch TV. Then there's the household survey if you dig for it. Then there's the unadjusted numbers if you listen to Carl. Why do you think the ADP um, number doesn't match ADP, up a lot of time? Uh, well, I was just going to say the ADP number is is um, nothing but private payrolls and doesn't include um, doesn't include the uh, the government at all. So that's one of them right there. It also kind of skews towards larger employers ones that contract with ADP for um, for payroll services, and there are more and more like lower cost versions of ADP that work with small businesses. In fact, uh, a consulting firm that I work with, uh, we we dumped ADP for something else going into 2022. So maybe according to, uh, to ADP, suddenly 14 people lost their job. I don't know. Uh, but that's that's where there are a couple of reasons that periodically you get a big, big disconnect between the ADP number and the one that government gives us. But also the government number will they'll finagle the number in for seasonality. And so that right. seasonality sometimes comes into play with respect to a difference between the ADP number and the regular employment number. It's about a fifty fifty coin toss whether or not the ADP number uh is a good leading indicator for the um for the regular employment number. Well you, but as 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 a number yeah, as a number uh I, I have to believe that the one that is the most accurate for for what it for what it measures? Got to be the ADP number. It's the actual number of people I'm getting a check, right? Yeah. So I mean, so if it doesn't match, so I mean, if it doesn't match up, I I've always been the one that says, "Why question the ADP number? Question the other number, right?" Oh yeah, I would totally question the other number. I wouldn't question the ADP number is just a, a quantitative count and probably more accurate. Um, what what are your uh, you're you're close to the the younger people, and, and by the way, it's keeping you younger. I've noticed that. 
being with the young people. You, you've uh, you've become much more, uh, I don't know, seemingly worldly wise since you've been hanging with these guys that teaching in class again instead of the Zoom. And um, you see, oh, it helps more. tremendously. But um, no, it really does the, the in-person discussions. But not just that. Um, I'm teaching about a hundred MBA students in the Kelly School live now, and those are great conversations. That's got to be fun. It's got to be a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's fun and scary. They're smart. How old? I mean, do you have a? It, well, at the University of Chicago, when I was there, the, the teachers, whenever they taught a class, they would. Well, not, I'm sure, but most of the time, they would teach the. That class would be in the morning or the afternoon uh, at campus, which I don't even know if they have a spot over there anymore, over in Hyde Park. Then they would teach it at night, and they would get to talk to. The, you know, the younger people like me just out of college and, and the other people who were, you know, could have been any age and, and maybe some of them taught an executive program, which puts you at another level totally. Do you, do you, uh, what, what are the age ranges? Do you guys have a night class that you do as well for, for, uh, for like a 190 program or, or, or do you just, you just have the, the dude, uh, all I, t- all I teach is at night. Okay. Even undergrad. Really? I'm so, Loopy, you should you should attend one of my Wednesday night classes when nine p.m. rolls around. After being on with you and then working all day, so uh, I only we, we only have I, even the undergrads I teach uh, the earliest class that I have that starts at three o'clock in the afternoon. Really, so there's no like nine o'clock uh, class. But, but the MBA student, all the MBA students I teach are working during the day. Well, what about the, are there nine o'clock classes on, on campus, for lack of a better term? Yeah. But so I just, you, I'm just not scheduled for that. Right, so you've got all, all ages in there. So you got guys that are working. You got yeah. well, that's got to be better. <clears throat> that's got to be a lot. Oh, better. it is. No, I got a I got a wide variety. I've got a really great cross section of people. However, you want to slice it and dice it, I really do, and it's great. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. Well, you know, if, um, if you could one of these days, I'm sure you have more better mm-hmm. stuff to talk about. Ask them since you get different all these surveys. What I'm getting back to here is your. Your establishment survey, which is the number you get every week. So the number you get Friday, if it says 400,000 jobs, that's an establishment survey. They, they, they ran, allegedly randomly sample places that hire people of, of all kinds of different sizes. I mean, this is the shtick anyway. And, and they figure out people that, that, you know, lost a person, gained a person, gained two people. And that's, that's where that number comes from with an adjustment, correct? There's a adjusted uh-huh. and unadjusted number. But there's also something called the household survey where they will call people's homes or somehow access people's homes and say how many people do you have working there or living there of, of working age, five. How many of them were full-time employed last week? Five or four or none. And, and, at, and at the end of the day, at the end of the year or a decade, those numbers obviously should match. The same people that are leaving the house going to work should be the same people that are showing up at work, right? I mean... I mean, but, in, mm-hmm. but in, my question is, all these surveys that people used to do by essentially phoning home, uh, how do you do them now? I mean, how many people have landlines? And if they do, I have a landline and I don't even know the number. I use it, if I use it only, <laughs> but honestly, I, have, I use it only for, um, if I have a, uh, you know, a work call at night, because your connection is so yeah. much better in a landline. But I mean, yeah. the only people that ever call it are, the thing will ring, ring ten times on a Saturday. I know it's, you know, somebody wanted me it's to buy. No, it's nobody you want to talk to. to right. I, I used to have the exact same situation. So um, uh, I so had a backup landline in case I was having cell phone trouble. 
um, or had a very important you know, phone call. You know, you, or to call into you. I actually used to use that phone number to call you. Know, you know, you can um, you can be honest. But, with, you can be honest with people. You can say you have it for when you can't find your cell phone, so you can call yourself. No, you want to know the real honesty is I would have a, I would have work calls. I live near one of the grade schools, and I would have a, a standing work call a couple of times a week at the same time all the moms were dropping their kids off at school. And I would my cell phone would drop because all the moms would drop the kids off at school and then make a call. Well, I'm dead serious. It would only happen at that time, and happen you know too frequently. So I got a landline. Well, and then I and, and then I just I wanted to come in clean, crisp and clear when I when I talked to uh, to you. Well, but the survey thing, I don't know how you do that anymore. I it, it, I think it's why the you know I think it's why the polls missed Trump getting elected so much, and why our elections have not turned out quite like the polling data says that they should have the past couple of times around because they haven't been they haven't figured out a way to possibly keep up with um keep up with technology well how do you how do you do a random sample i don't see how you can uh, ever possible it's damn near impossible because um you know the only people that still have a landline at home are older than you and i are or and answer answer the phone anytime it rings you know, that's the only one, and so you're not you're not getting a true survey. Uh, you're not getting a true survey of, of the majority of my students. No, I mean if you're, you know, for the just to, let me. I got two seconds here. I'll just I'll give the. We have plenty of time, but I'm going to give the. If you're going to do a random sample, and Russell, I'm going to bet you're better on statistics than I am because that was not my forte. But if you want, if you if you're trying to sample a million people. You can probably do it with a hundred people. However, you better use a random random number table or, or get your computer to generally. Uh, to ma- you better and you, and you better get every single one of those hundred people. Not the guy next door. Not the guy across the street. Mm-hmm. If you do, you probably got a pretty serious survey. But if you don't, if you miss on ten people, you might as well throw it out, right? Right. And if you, I mean, if you. You know what the actual population is that you're trying to uh, get an idea of what the what the group think is, I guess, or, or what they're all thinking is a, is a big group. Uh, so hopefully you you know you're, you're hitting it demographically where you're matching up with that. Uh, where, but I doubt that people have the patience to give that sort of information right off the bat. Right, and if you don't get. You know, what do you identify as and all that kind of stuff? Now, now you're making me think the next time somebody calls to a survey, I should do it to see how they're done. Uh, I'm probably going to do the next one, too, just for laughs. All right, now, yeah. you know, we have a few minutes left. And we got, uh, What about the VIX? What about these elevated volatility levels? How long are they going to last? How the hell do you trade? Do you have any uh, thoughts about after the incredible up and down during the day, the in- intraday moves? Are you guys tracking those at all? I track those, and I, I compare them to I, – I tried to come up with a better measure of volatility that incorporated the intraday moves, and statistically it was no different than really using the, the day-over-day changes. So I didn't you – know, I don't think that the – I really don't think the intraday moves end up impacting VIX as much as 
they probably should. Uh, <clears throat> but Vic's here in the late 30s. Uh, I, it, it really is. A, I, I think it's a matter of the amount of uncertainty that we can attribute to what how this thing is going to play out in Ukraine. You know, and I feel like you got you and Kevin. There was one other thing that you talked about in the first hour that I have that, that I specifically said to a class last Wednesday, hours before I was wrong. I thought Putin wanted to take those two breakaway breakaway things, and then he was just going to back off, and it would be over. I, I and a lot I of people, a lot of people thought that, and now he's painted himself into a corner, and. Unfortunately, the only real, the, the, the best way that I see this thing playing out is, is honestly, if he's taken out one way or another, if he's either just, you know, they take his office away from him, or, you know, if he's taken out the way he takes people out. Um, but there's, I, I feel like Vix is where it's at right now, because nobody has an idea of how this thing's going to play out, and Vix rises when there's more uncertainty. Do you think and that you don't want uh, you know, and, and I do think that just talking to a couple of other um, people that that follow the markets more closely than I do, that kind of think like I do, uh, Vix climbing yesterday was really a matter of there was a fear that Biden was going to say stuff that was going to be bad for the stock market, and he didn't do that. I thought he was going to beat up on companies a lot more than my understanding that, than he did last night. That you know, it was in my, I I wouldn't have been surprised if there had been an announcement of price controls or something like that as well. Oh God! Uh, and oh, I didn't know. I, I but see, that's the thing is you say, "Oh God," I say, "Oh God." I don't think the majority of people in Washington D.C. that have a say in these things, like Congress or anybody in the executive branch, uh, would consider that a bad thing. I'm going to say that in my lifetime, the single worst oh, wow. economic policy was Nixon's wage and price controls. Mm-hmm. And yet, and we might see him again. You're right. The, the, in kind of the closest comparison that I've seen with, with Ukraine is Israel early 70s. Yeah. And after that, in, in, in that was probably the tipping point for a lot of bad stuff that lasted almost a decade. Well, you know, it's... it's uh, even, though, even though Israel didn't get beat. Well, you know, your buddy Churchill, his quote about the Americans, they will eventually do the right thing after they've tried everything else first. Yep. What is... How and is we're worse at that. And how can you have any confidence whatsoever in our country doing the right thing when you look at the string of leaders we've had, it's both sides of the aisle, um, but the string of leaders that we've had, I'm since Reagan, and I feel like Reagan was a good, he wasn't perfect, none of them are perfect, but I, I feel like he was a very strong leader. If anything, look at the presidents that we've had. How many of them would you want to have your back in an alley fight? Uh, even, in the, even if they're death? Uh, no. None. Yeah, I mean Reagan might have been the last one there as well. Well, he was I mean, a he didn't look intimidating, but uh, I, he probably would be the kind of crazy you didn't want to fight. He, he did, he did, he did Western movies. <laughs> he, had, he had to be tough. Yeah. He did Western movies. He had to be tough. Yeah. 
Reagan was tough too. Yeah, I, mean, I uh, you know, I, it, it, it is stunning to me that we mm-hmm. we have this alleged education and we have people, uh, you know, like like you, trying your best <laughs> and people trying to learn. And I was in there once as as a learner, not as a teacher. And I'm jealous of that of you, by the way. Uh, I don't I don't get the things that I'm seeing repeat. Maybe it's time you know I shouldn't be here anymore or something. But um, to this day, if you walked anywhere and asked people who is it, who is to blame for the inflation in the '80s, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet you ninety to ninety five percent of the people are gonna say Jimmy Carter. Yeah, but it came before him. He inherited a really bad situation. Now, yet they forget about Nixon with the wage price controls. They forget about Ford with the whip inflation now buttons. And now yesterday before the State of the Union, everybody talked about Biden's uh, inflation problem. And I've been on the air on this podcast and on various stations for 12 years now with Mr. Matty Weber. And you know what? Mm -hmm. But the, the first... The, the first show, if you could go back and listen to it, I'd say, hey, what these idiots are doing with this money supply, we got an inflation problem coming. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of took a while, just like it did back then, like it took a real long oh, time. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, does anybody really think that this isn't a, and the idea that, that once the supply chain, you know, we have a, a leader who says once the supply chain straightens out, we'll be okay. For God's sake, doesn't, does he have any idea how, how entrenched it is in hospitals and how entrenched it is in schools? And I mean, it, this is this is insane. I don't. How does how does our population? I mean, ask your class. Do, do me a favor. Next time you have a class, ask them. What is what does inflation really mean? Say say you put, uh, and this is the part I I understand. I think Russell, and when we talked about this last week, that if you go out thirty years. Everybody's expectation of what inflation is going to be over thirty years is going to is going to be ended at thirty year rate. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it because I remember back in the day when the near term rates were sixteen and the, and the long term rates were were twelve because people thought it was going to come down over the next thirty years and they were correct. But I yeah. what I want to know is in the next year, you and I can uh, argue and wing water balloons at each other, or whether we think it's going to be nine, ten, eleven, or twelve over the next year. But it's not zero. Why does anybody, why, why does the population put up with giving their money to people and getting it back, knowing it's be 10% less when they get it back? And, it, and somebody with a million dollars in the bank, you know, there are people, uh, in two years, that's going to be worth 800000 Yet Nobody seems to care. Or nobody knows. I don't, I don't, why people are silent about this, I have no idea. They haven't had to actually live through it. They haven't. They're just now starting to feel the impact of it, um, and that's why we're saying nothing. But they're going to start saying stuff. <laughs> it, it's becoming more and more of an issue off the bat, and you're you're going to see it hitting in all areas. And you know, the, the one that most people don't see that, that's really shocking sometimes is the uh, the price of milk. It goes up tremendously during during oh, yeah. difficult periods, and uh, when you, you know, when you you're living check to check, which unfortunately over half of Americans do, um, you're gonna it's gonna hit you very quickly when you don't. One of two things is gonna happen: your credit card debt's gonna start going up because you're gonna maintain the same lifestyle, or you're gonna have to cut back on a lot of things. Are you uh, were you stunned again last night? Well, you didn't listen, but. 
the the incredible amount of uh, lip slapping that was done regarding the lower and middle class. If I had to if I had to take the last thirty State of the Union messages, I'm going to say or addresses. I'm going to say thirty percent of all of them have to do with the lower and middle class and how much they're helping them. In the last thirty years, the middle class has almost disappeared. Have they done anything for the middle class in thirty years that you can think no. of? They 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 disappeared and then they turned them into the lower class. I mean, but everybody, all they do is talk about them. It's like it's like they're still I here. Know, but they're, you know, there's probably a, a consistent middle class in the U.S. It's just not not the one that you and I grew up with. Um, Where in order to to be a middle class household, you definitely have to have both parents working. Um, you've got to depend on the the local um, public school. Um, so you you know. Whereas there were lots of lots of little private schools all over, but you're um, you're really, how come they, they, how they, come they, were, they were affordable? You know, well, how come people don't don't do the math? I mean, because the president talked last night regarding child care. Now, let's say, for instance, doesn't have to be this way. You are the are the, are the major breadwinner of the male, which which but traditionally has been the role, but certainly not lately. Could be either side. Mm-hmm. You make. 150. No, the wife goes to work, she makes 80, or the other way around. She's making 150, she's the say, doctor. Yeah, say, the, say the other way around. Say the, say it's the other way around. Yeah. She's, she's the doctor, and then you're, you're, you're got a decent job, but compared to her, you're the schmo. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm so, the schmo. But so, oh, yeah. so you're gonna go make 75 grand, which, which by the way is not bad, uh, and it's productive, and, well, because you go, you now have to pay somebody Thirty to take care of the kids, thirty to thirty-five, or somewhere in there, mm-hmm. right? So the really the net yeah. is, you guys aren't really making two and a quarter. You're really making one seventy-five or one eighty. Right. Right. So so and then it's, and then you you know and then you balance is it, is it worth going to work every day if all I'm doing is I, I, why don't I just stay home and take care of the kid myself? Well, that's but I, but my um, point is is, is no, that the, the net that becomes a that becomes a decision. But but I mean just in terms of of broadcasting your your income, it's not really two fifty. It's mm-hmm. one ninety or one or two hundred, right? Because you gotta take care of the kids, right? I mean uh Yeah. So I mean so the, the it, what what I guess what I'm saying is this this isn't really the growth we're talking about because we're not counting that. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, so even even so the idea that the government is now going to help out with this other stuff, so people can go to work, well, the, I, I don't, I don't get it because some people, some people, the, the people that take care of the kids make as much as or more than they're making where they're going, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's the uh, the expense thing has most definitely uh, offset any any benefits of trying to work extra or have two incomes. It, it's it is a terrible death spiral, and it has been going on for a long time. We're just bumping up against, you know, the the reckoning point. And you and I, have, I mean, ever since I've been on with you for like three or four years now, and, and I've always, you know, we've always said that this is going to catch up with us. And unfortunately, and it's not something that we're beating our chests and going, "Look, we were right," but it's most definitely uh, it's here. Well, the good news is that pe- the good news is that the people on the show, you, Kevin, and once in a while he comes in, uh, Professor Hal Snar, you're doing something about it. I mean, you're trying to. You're trying I've to. been trying. I've been banging my head against the wall forever. 
Well, you know, it's not today. I, I really wish I had, uh, you know, because there, there would be students that would debate me on the inflation thing and go, why should we care? I really wish I had their email addresses so I could send them my I told you so. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I wish, you were, I wish you were closer. I could be like a five-minute guest yeah. lecturer for like one class. If I brought beer, oh, we'll we'll get you down here at some point. Maybe there'll be a sporting event. All right, can, by, by the way, are you? Uh, we can we can use the studio down here. Um, is it safe to buy the market? Real quick, we got to go. Okay, goodbye to the market. Oh, you say? Do is it safe to buy it? Is it safe to buy? No, thirty eight hundred on the S and P. Mister Rhodes has set the level. Okay, good. We'll remember that. That's what I'm. That is what I'm waiting for. SP futures up fourteen. Nasdaq futures up thirty. Have a nice week, buddy. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.